Chapter 5 of Legends of Saints and Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are on the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lizzie Schneider. Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde. Chapter 5 The Stone of Truth, or the Merchant of the Seven Bags. Preface. The Stone of Truth is as old as the times of the Druids. The celebrated Leofol was a Stone of Truth. Certain stones were oracles in old times. There was a stone in Oriel and a celebrated stone called Clochlorish in the south, which were oracular. A man who suspected his wife made her stand upon the southern stone to swear that she had not wronged him. She spied a man she knew too well far away upon the mountain, and she swore that she had never done anything she ought not to have done, no more than with that man on the skyline. The heart of the stone was broken with this equivocation, and it burst asunder, exclaiming, Bin an firenye fen sheriff. Even truth itself is bitter. The idea is pagan, but the story is motivated in a Christian manner by alleging that the stone derived its miraculous power from St. Patrick's, having knelt on it in prayer. I got the story from Francis O'Connor. For the original Irish, see Religious Songs of Connacht, Volume 2, page 230. The Story There was a man in it, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, whose name was Pordin O'Kirvon and he was living close to Kong in West Connacht. Pordian was a strange man. He did not believe in God or in anything about him. It's often the priest thought to bring him to Mass, but it was no use for him, for Pordian would not take the advice of priest or bishop. He believed that man was like the beast, and he believed that when man died there was no more about him. Pordian lived an evil life. He used to be going from house to house by day and stealing in the night. Now, at the time that St. Patrick was in West Connacht, seeking to make Christians of the pagans, he went down one day upon his knees on a great flagstone to utter prayers, and he left after him a great virtue in the same stone, for anybody who might speak above that stone, it was necessary for him to tell the clear truth. He could not tell a lie and for that reason the people gave the name to that flag of the Stone of Truth. Pordin used always to have a great fear of this stone, and it's often he intended to steal it. One night, when he found an opportunity, he hoisted the stone on his back, took it away with him, and threw it down into a great valley between two hills, seven miles from the place where it used to be. And the rogue thought that he was all right, but the stone was back in its old place that same night without his knowing. Another night after that he stole the geese of the parish priest, and as the people doubted him, they said that they would bring him to the stone of truth. Pordian was laughing in his own mind, for he knew that he had the stone stolen. But great was the surprise that was on him when he saw the stone before him in its own place. When he was put above the stone, he was obliged to tell that he had stolen the geese, and he got a great beating from the priest. He made a firm resolution then that if he got an opportunity at the stone again, he would put it in a place that it would never come out of. 
A couple of nights after that, he got his opportunity again and stole the stone a second time. He threw it down into a great deep hole and he went home rejoicing in himself. But he did not go a quarter of a mile from the place until he heard a great noise coming after him. He looked behind him and saw a lot of little people and they dressed in clothes as white as snow. There came such fear over Pordian that he was not able to walk one step until the little people came up with him and they carrying the stone of truth with them. A man of them spoke to him and said, O accursed Pordian, carry this stone back to the place where you got it or you shall pay dearly for it. I will and welcome, said Pordian. They put the stone upon his back and they returned the road on which they had come. But as the devil was putting temptation upon Pordian, he went and threw the stone into a hole that was deeper than the first hole, a hole which the people made to go hiding in when the war would be coming. The stone remained in that hole for more than seven years, and no one knew where it was but Pordian only. At the end of that time, Pordian was going by the side of the churchyard when he looked up at a cross that was standing there and he fell into a faint. When he came to himself, there was a man before him and he clothed as white as the snow. He spoke to him and said, O accursed Pordian, you are guilty of the seven daily sins and unless you do penance, you shall go to hell. I am an angel from God, and I will put a penance on you. I will put seven bags upon you, and you must carry them for one and twenty years. After that time, go before the great cross that shall be in the town of Kong, and say three times, My soul to God and Mary. Spend a pious life until then, and you will go to heaven." Go to the priest now, if you are obedient and ready to receive my counsel. I am obedient, said Pordian, but the people will be making a mock of me. Never mind the mock, it won't last long, said the angel. After this conversation a deep sleep fell upon Pordian, and when he awoke there were seven bags upon him, and the angel was gone away. There were two bags on his right side, two bags on his left side, and three others on his back, and they were stuck so fast upon him that he thought that it was growing on him they were. They were the colour of his own skin, and there was skin on them. Next day, when Pordian went among the people, he put wonder on them, and they called him the Merchant of the Seven Bags, and that name stuck to him until he died. Pordian began a new life now, he went to the priest and he showed him the seven bags that were on him, and he told him the reason that they were put on him. The priest gave him good advice and a great coat to cover the seven bags with, and after that Pordian used to be going from house to house and from village to village asking alms, and there used never be a Sunday or holiday that he would not be at Mass, and there used to be a welcome before him in every place. About seven years after that, Pordian was going by the side of the hole into which he had thrown the Stone of Truth. He came to the brink of the hole, went down on his two knees, and asked God to send him up the stone. 
When his prayer was ended, he saw the stone coming up, and hundreds of white doves round about it. The stone was rising and ever rising, until it came into Pordin's presence on the ground, and then the doves went back again. The next day he went to the priest and told him everything about the stone of truth, and the way it came up out of the hole. I will go with you, said the priest, until I see this great wonder. The priest went with him to the hole, and he saw the stone of truth. And he saw another thing which put great wonder on him. Thousands and thousands of doves flying round about the mouth of the hole, going down into it and coming up again. The priest called the place Polnagolum, or the Dove's Hole, and that name is on it until the present day. The blessed stone was brought into Kong, and it was not long until a grand cross was erected over it. And from that day to this, people come from every place to look at the Dove's Hole, and the old people believed that there were St. Patrick's angels who were in those doves. The Stone of Truth was for years after that in Kong, and it is certain that it did great good, for it kept many people from committing crimes. But it was stolen at last, and there is no account of it from that out. Pordian lived until he was fourscore years of age, and bore his share of penance piously. When the one and twenty years that the angel gave him were finished, and he carrying the seven bags throughout that time, there came a messenger in a dream to say to him that his life in this world was finished, and he must go the next day before the cross of Kong and give himself up to God and Mary. Early in the morning he went to the priest and told him the summons that he had got in the night. People say that the priest did not believe him, but at all events he told Pordian to do as the messenger had bidden him. Pordian departed and left his blessing with his neighbours and relations, and when the clock was striking twelve and the people sang the Angelica salutation, Pordian came before the cross and said three times, My soul to God and to Mary, and on the spot he fell dead. That cross was in the town of Kong for years. A bishop, one of the Odophis, went to Rome, and he got a bit of the true cross and put it into the cross of Kong. It was there until the foreigners came and threw it to the ground. The cross of Kong is still in Ireland, and the people have an idea that it will yet be raised up in the town of Kong with the help of God. End of chapter 5 Recording by Lizzie Schneider